Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In three, two, one. Seven things you don't really need to know, but probably should. I'm Jamie Easton. This, this is The Sunday Seven. On today's episode of The Sunday Seven, the social cost of the green future, the Northern Lights are making sound now, and the scoop on NASA's first UFO conference. But first, it was on this day in 1872 that a process for making Vaseline was patented by Robert Cheeseborough in New York City. And my cracked heels thank him very much. I'm uh, Gertjen Oskam. 12 years ago, I got an accident and had a spinal cord injury. So I'm not able to move my legs anymore. Gert-Jan Oskam's learning to walk again after a cycling accident left him paralysed. This progress is thanks to a device connecting his brain to his spinal cord, creating what's being called a digital bridge. Here's Professor Gregoire Cortine, a neuroscientist at the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology. To walk, the brain must send a command to the region of the spinal cord responsible for the control of movements. When there is a spinal cord injury, this communication is interrupted. Our idea was to re-establish this communication with a digital bridge, like an electronic communication between the brain and the region of the spinal cord that is still intact and can control the leg movement. Oskin took part in a 2018 trial which revealed stimulating the spine with electrical impulses helped injured people walk again. His original spinal implant was paired with two more in his skull with grids resting against the brain membrane. Now, when he thinks about walking, electrodes on his spinal cord are told to get busy. Neurosurgeon Jocelyn Block carried out the delicate procedure. We do two different surgeries. There is one surgery at the level of the brain. We do two little craniotomy, put electrodes in order to record the brain signal. And another surgery at the level of the spinal cord where we put electrodes on the top of the spinal cord at the place that is responsible for leg movement. So between these two, there is communication, an electrical communication, a digital bridge that is then reactivated the legs. The sort of Wi-Fi signals decoded by a computer in a backpack that then transmits info to the pulse generator. It took about 40 sessions for Oscom to regain voluntary movement of his legs and feet, and now he can even walk short distances without the device if he uses crutches. Within five to 10 minutes, I could control my uh, hips. The brain uh, implant picked up what I was doing with my hips, so that was like the best outcome, I think, for everyone. He can even climb stairs. I can really build functional things from it. Just an example, I'm training 10 years to stand up with a friend having a beer. And that's something I think people don't realize. Now, we're all embracing renewable technologies, but how much do we actually know about what's powering this green revolution? Cobalt's crucial to making the batteries in electric cars, laptops and mobile phones, but most of it's sourced in the Congo, where mining's dangerous, corruption and violence is rife, and banned child labour is still common. Any company that claims it's cobalt from the Congo is ethically sourced is either dealing in falsehood or recklessly ignorant 
the truth on the ground. That was Siddharth Kara, author of Cobalt Red, How the Blood of the Congo Powers Our Lives. The DRC supplies 70% of the world's cobalt, and we're going to need way more to transition to a low-carbon planet. On top of the human rights violations and environmental destruction, profits from these mines end up going to international corporations or the central government, and not local people. Mining assets in particular have often been auctioned off for pennies on the dollar to benefit the political elite, and mining royalties and taxes often disappear into the bank account of kleptocrats rather than being redistributed towards the people of the Congo. Unless we seriously start recycling old batteries and develop socially responsible cobalt alternatives, batteries may run out for good. Still to come on the Sunday 7, AI's coming for us all, and are the Northern Lights trying to tell us something? fears are that we cause significant we the field the technology the industry cause significant harm to the world if this technology goes wrong it can go quite wrong and we want to be vocal about that just a fortnight ago OpenAI ceo sam altman cautioned congress about the threat of artificial intelligence and he along with 350 industry leaders are already upgrading that warning they say that if ai is left unchecked it poses a quote risk of extinction and by the way, that means human extinction, not AI extinction. Andrew Briggs is a professor of nanomaterials at Oxford and also signed the doomsday letter. The day might come when their capacity vastly exceeds that of humans and humans lose the ability to stay in control of what it is that the machine is seeking to optimise. And at the time, it seemed in the far future. Now it may be, as it were, galloping towards us. This debate's not limited to the tech industry, though. The repercussions of unchecked AI developments also prompting top-level policy discussion. This is what Rishi Sunak had to say this week. AI clearly can bring massive benefits to the economy and society, and you've seen that recently, where it's helping paralyse people to walk, discovering new antibiotics, but we need to make sure that this is done in a way that is safe and is secure. But don't assume the AI community is all aligned on this. People need to calm down. Professor Pedro Domingo spent his career studying AI. The best way to do it is to make it more intelligent because it's stupidity that's dangerous, not intelligence. The worry that people have is that AI will get too intelligent and we will not be able to control it. But intelligence and control are completely different things. We can have an infinitely intelligent AI that we still control very well. speed of light lots of times but this this is the sound of it to be specific it's the solar songs of the northern and southern lights and for the first time a process called audification has enabled scientists to show people what the incredible spectacle could sound like dr martin archer a space plasma physicist explained the process to itv news what you're hearing here is essentially a giant magnetic musical instrument that occurs out in space it gets plucked by the solar wind that comes out from the sun and it causes these sort of reverberations, vibrations within our own magnetic shield. And what you're hearing is a satellite measuring that that we have turned into audible sound. 
The sun's bursting with energy, and when solar flares charge through space, they can create the oscillating curtains of light near the northern and southern poles. And contrary to popular belief, thanks Ridley Scott, space does actually have sound. People say there's no sound in space because they think space is a vacuum that is absolutely empty, but it's actually pervaded with lots of particles. They're just very, very spaced out. Sound is actually possible. It's just not audible. Until now, that is, and NASA hopes that by sharing this sound across the world, we might hear a pattern that could unlock the mysteries that still surround the Northern Lights. Still to come on the Sunday 7, UFOs just become FOs, and London to Sydney in two hours, anyone? Right after this. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Sunday 7. Follow us for your weekday news espresso or even try our island edition. It's in all the usual places. As the world prepares for wide-scale commercial space travel, the UK is taking a giant leap for mankind and hopes a suborbital flight that could get you from London to Sydney in just two hours is getting closer to reality. Dr Rebecca Allen explained how it would work with Nine News Australia. What's incredible about this type of travel is that when you're up touching outer space uh, above what we call the Kármán line, then that means you don't have to travel through all this bothersome air and you can actually go thousands of kilometres an hour making that 17,000 kilometre trip from Sydney to London a lot shorter. But it's not going to be the comfiest of journeys. You may be wishing for that 24-hour slog with a crying baby on the next row after you hear what aerospace physiologist Dr Ross Pollock has to say. G-Force could really ruin that in-flight glass of bubbly. We did have quite a lot of people experience visual changes, so you do get some uh, peripheral vision loss, so you get a bit of tunnelling of vision and potentially greying out. A few people did experience blackout. But if you survive that, the benefits are sky high, as is the price. Right now, with one space flight costing hundreds of thousands of dollars and only carrying a handful of passengers at a time, they're going to need to move hundreds to make it worthwhile. I suppose I'll be sticking to Ryanair for now. Don't want to worry too much, but New York City is sinking. A new study's revealed that the city that never sleeps is sinking under its own weight. Up to 1.7 trillion tonnes of concrete, steel and glass are contributing to a process which is slowly causing it to drop into the sea, which itself is rising. The dominant cause is the uh, glacial effect from the last ice age that pushed down the mid-continent and caused a bulge along the eastern coastline. And uh, when the ice melted, that reversed everything. So the mid-continent's rising and the eastern seaboard is sinking about one to two millimeters a year. That's the primary signal we see. 
Parsons says it's a natural process occurring wherever ground is compressed, but the massive weight of the city itself is hurrying things along. We have different kinds of soils across New York City, including artificial fill that was put in to enhance some of the land areas, and that can uh, sink just under its own weight because it's so poorly consolidated. And if you build on that, of course, that exacerbates it. The rate of compression varies across the city. Whilst the skyscrapers of Manhattan are built mostly on rocks, meaning it compresses more slowly, other areas have been built on just loose soil, meaning it's sinking faster. You can relax for now, though, and it's likely to take hundreds of years before the Statue of Liberty needs to learn the backstroke. Have you ever wondered if we really are alone in the universe? Well, for the first time in its history, NASA held the first public meeting looking into just that. A year after formally launching a study into UFOs known as UAPs, or Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena, a panel of experts came together to explain some mysterious sightings. This is a newly released uh, video. You'll notice there are two dots moving back and forth. There is a plane at the bottom that's moving across the screen, and now there are three dots moving back and forth. Some have been explained, like the erratically moving lights captured by US pilots, which turned out to be distant aircraft. The reason they couldn't catch them is because after further analysis, it was shown that those objects were actually much farther away from the P-3 than they thought. And in fact, when we went even deeper, looked at air traffic control data, we were able to match those to aircraft on a major flight corridor heading into a major airport for landing. This is the kind of thing that can spoof and or provide misperception of both very highly trained pilots as well as sensors. But some remained unanswered, like those flying metal orbs. Uh, This is a spherical orb, metallic, in the Middle East, 2022, by an MQ-9. This is a typical example of the thing that we see most of. We see these all over the world, and we see these making very interesting, apparent maneuvers. For the remaining sightings and the ones to come, the panel of experts led by David Spurgel says better quality data and recordings are needed to get to the bottom of it all. To summarise some of the things that we've learned, the current data collection efforts regarding UAPs are unsystematic and fragmented across various agencies, often using instruments... The truth could really be out there. been the Sunday 7. Wherever you're listening, do us a favour and hit the follow button. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am with the regular Smart 7. Have a great rest of your weekend. Written, produced and published by Daft Doris. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.